0: our children are going to be dismissed to Children's Church, and uh, isn't it good to have uh, our whole worship team back this week? Amen. Amen. I felt like if last week was going to do anything for us, it was going to allow us to appreciate them a little bit more this week, so um, we are so thankful to have them back uh, with us today. as everybody's going and everybody's getting settled, I do want to say happy Mother's Day um, to our mothers. And uh, of course, as we uh, think about this day, not only do we want to honor our mothers, but we want to honor all the ladies in our church. Uh, we know that uh, motherhood is a gift, and, um, and we also know that uh, it's a gift that uh, is worthy to be honored and treasured. Uh, but we also know uh, that uh, it can be hard whenever you've never been able to experience that gift, and um, we know from scripture that uh, those uh, those women, uh, we have testimony of those women who, without children, found themselves before the Lord uh, in lament, and they found themselves looking for the comfort of the Lord, as my mom even spoke earlier. We also know that this morning, a lot of us who are here, uh, we have uh, a little bit of Longing and grief in our hearts because our uh, mothers are no longer with us, and uh, we remember you uh, this morning as well. And so, as we go to the Lord, uh, just before we continue on, as we go to the Lord in prayer, as I said on uh, on Friday in our email, worship is about celebrating the gifts of the Lord, but worship also invites us uh, to. Uh, to fall before the Lord, uh, looking to him to care for our hearts that are longing or grieved. And so uh, so wherever we're at today, uh, if you come with a great spirit of celebration and, and thanksgiving, um, but you also have those longings in your hearts, we're going to bring those to the Lord. And here's what we can know, is that our Lord is going to receive us all. He's going to receive us all as we come. And uh, that's the that's beautiful Uh, lord that we serve so will you join me in a word of prayer uh, this morning oh god i love you i thank you for who you are Uh, thank you for moms thank you for uh, as it were the institution of motherhood we honor we celebrate moms today uh lord uh, might we not just do so by saying, Happy Mother's Day. But might we do so by caring for them, considering them, being thoughtful of them uh, as we go throughout our day. Uh, Maybe pampering them a little bit too, Lord. Uh, Lord, we know that uh, uh, while sometimes we, we, we long to be uh, recognized, we also know that we feel uncomfortable when we aren't recognized. So I just pray for our moms who are being recognized today that they will receive it, Lord, as, as a grace, as a gift from you, as encouragement, as a, as a way uh, just to uh, know that they are seen. Uh, their works are not in vain. Because I know a lot of motherhood can seem like it's in vain so Lord, just allow uh, today to be a day in which they can be encouraged. Lord, we lift up those whose hearts are grieved because their mothers are no longer with us. They can't pick up the phone. They can't uh, run errands together. They can't cook a meal together anymore. Uh, Lord, we pray and we thank you for the memories that they have. We thank you for uh, the lives that they were able to share, but we lift up their grieved hearts, Lord, to you. Uh, Lord, we think about mothers today who who are grieved because, uh, as my mom prayed earlier, uh, their children have gone astray. It's not just grief, it's fear. Anxiety racks them, Lord. God, I pray and I ask that they uh, could know, uh, as as Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, that whenever they bring their child before you, that you can give them peace that passes understanding. You can quiet and calm their hearts. Uh, Lord, we lift up uh, our uh, ladies today, who've never been able to have the gift of motherhood. And Lord, we know from Scripture that there is a longing. Um, that, uh, uh, and, and Lord, we pray that as they cry out to you, that you would attend to them. Uh, Lord, this morning we're going to uh, be uh, met with uh, Miss Janelle Fields, and we pray for her as she comes. We pray, Lord, that you would... Uh, uh, open us up to this ministry that she has, uh, open us up to the ways in which we can uh, partner and participate with this ministry to help uh, those those under-resourced pregnant women, uh, to help those who um, maybe not even under-resourced, but uh, who are unsure or unconfident about uh, being moms, Lord. Uh, Lord, might we uh, find ways that we could come alongside uh, this great ministry and serve with them. Lord, we look for your spirit to uh, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Your spirit to speak to us this morning. Uh, And Lord, we pray, we ask that everything that we do bring honor and glory to you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, I do want to welcome uh, Miss Jonel Fields. Uh, Y'all welcome her as she comes. Um, Janelle is with Janelle is with uh, <clears throat> Inspira uh, Resource Center, and uh, that is located here in Friendswood. And so, uh, Janelle, uh, tell us a little bit about Inspira Resource Center, uh, y'all's mission, and, uh, and, and, and your vision there.
1: Yeah, so we're right on 528 here in Friendswood. And um, 30 years ago now, because apparently 1993 is now 30 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in 1993, five local churches really felt the Lord putting on their hearts that they wanted to help mothers who felt like they had no option when they were pregnant, who were considering abortion, who didn't know what to do. And uh, like many of us as believers, we, we feel that it's a tragedy that anyone would need to feel that they need to choose that. But again, like many of us, we don't know what to do and how exactly to help. And so they said, we've gotta get together and, and put something together that we can give them tangible um, support. So the Center for Pregnancy was created to be able to share the truth and the love of God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who are experiencing unplanned pregnancies um, in our community so we are able to share the the word of Christ in word and in deed but we know that faith without works is dead Mm -hmm. and just like it says in James if we see that brother or sister destitute and they don't have clothes they don't have food and we say go in peace be warmed and be Mm -hmm. full and we don't give them what they need, we're not helping. So we don't just wanna say, oh, you can do this, pat them on the back and send them out. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanna be there to really help walk through this time with them. And so we offer free pregnancy tests, limited ultrasounds, parenting classes, and then they can earn baby bucks or points to get diapers, wipes, cribs, high chairs, things like that. And, And everything is just done to be able to help support and encourage and bless these moms and dads as well
0: awesome awesome uh well great and uh thank you for sharing that um sounds like a a very necessary uh, ministry and uh and like you said uh gives some practical uh tangible uh work to our faith and uh, that's always necessary Uh, so let me ask you this how did you get involved with uh, in, uh, well, what was at the time Friends of yes. Pregnancy <laughs> Center, but now is Inspira yes. Resource Center. And
1: we just recently rebranded in March. So we had been Center for Pregnancy for 30 years, and uh, just recently rebranded to Inspira Resource Center. We really wanted to uh, make sure that we were focusing on the resources that we were offering Um, and making sure that we were rebranding to reach a younger generation. Um, But yeah, it was really neat. Um, uh, This was not what I thought God had for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I got my degree in history and um, was just kind of waiting around, honestly, after college thinking, well, I gotta do something, but I don't know what to do. And had always was raised in a wonderful, uh, godly Christian home. My parents taught me the value and sanctity of human life and that it was created by God. And so that's why we um, should be pro-life and um, in fact, when I was a kid, that was my, my club that we made with it. We're, we were a stop abortion pro-life club. And mm-hmm. our big idea was to raise money and put a billboard up because I was gonna change people's <laughs> mind and help people. Mm. Um, but that was all I had ever done with my pro-life beliefs. And so it was, it was one of those things where a friend of mine said, hey, I'm volunteering at a pregnancy center. I will pick you up and come take you with me. Um, so I, I felt a little bit like, okay, well, sure, you know, I'll do this. This is a good thing. Um, but at the time, I really didn't feel um, called. You know, it's kind of one of those things like, well, when I went to a wonderful small church that uh, when I was in high school, everyone uh, in, in my youth group, Surrendered for missions. <laughs> Everyone except for me and my sister, because <laughs> we were like, "Well, you know, you know, it's kind of almost a peer pressure thing." And <laughs> I said, "Well, Lord, I, 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 want to serve you, but I don't feel called to foreign missions." And I would always say jokingly. Um, well, God has called me to the lost people of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I just started volunteering there. And then God opened the door to a part-time job and then uh, the full-time job. So um, as of this April, it's been 15 years since I've been here. And, you know, I was recently at a um, a missions conference at a different church. And I felt totally inadequate to be sitting up there with these other missionaries who were giving their lives, and many of them in in dangerous countries, and you know, I'm making the dangerous drive from Alvin to Friendswood <laughs> every day. You know, so um, I'm like, I could, I don't, I can't be here. And they're having these wonderful things about how when they were five years old, and a missionary came, and God worked in their heart, mm-hmm. and and it felt so inadequate. Like, well, God, that wasn't really my story. I just kind of, I needed a job, and then you open the door and kick me through, and mm-hmm. you know, um, and realize that. Uh, Most people in in the Bible, even Gideon, all of those people, they didn't feel that wasn't something that they woke up when they were three. Most people didn't have a Samuel experience, Um, but God—it might not have been a burning bush, it might not have been, uh, you know, an angel coming down from the um, Lord—but God led me just in the same way, just not as dramatically. Um, And so so those times when I thought, well, you know, is this my calling? Um, We know that the will of God is not—it's not a a, an unattainable thing. Mm -hmm. It's going through that next step and following in faith and in, in um, obedience. And so it's been incredible to just see how how God took my what I thought were my plans and just threw them out mm-hmm. and just guided me step by step. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, uh, 15 years as working at the pregnancy center and 11, 12, something like that years as director. So um, God just led me every step of the way.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think you bring out something that's really interesting and just something that we can talk about for a second is, you know, like the myth. Because that really is what it is, the myth that God has a way that he calls people. There's not a way, right? And then also uh, really, you know, like um, this idea that like, hey, you know, ministry, whenever you get a heart for it, it's like, uh, you know, you just feel assured and at peace and all those things. I mean, you mentioned Gideon, um, very, very reluctant. Uh, Moses, very reluctant. Um, I remember Jeremiah saying, um, I don't wanna preach your word anymore. Like I, I, if I had my way, and we know why, because it is a challenge, right? It's not met with everybody giving you the, the pat on the back and the, the hooray, right? Um, and so uh, I think that's a good thing f- to point out here because the other thing about that is, is being on mission isn't always like a full-time vocational thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in fact, one of the reasons why we continue to bring people into our church uh, is so that we can all find ways that we can be on mission, that we can connect with people who are not like us, um, who uh, don't have our same values, um, that we can build a relationship with. All right? And so, um, so thank you. I'm glad that that's your testimony because that's a necessary testimony. I would imagine that many of you had felt inadequate whenever you heard missionaries up there and them going, well, I just knew that I knew that I knew. And you were like, I've never known that I've known that I've known anything. It's <laughs> so, and so, um, and so uh, thank you for bringing that out. Um, <clears throat> so, been with them for 15 years. Uh, you and I, we're, we're, we're kind of like right there in line as far as how long we've been, uh, with our ministries. I think it's really awesome now that you've been there for half the time that it's been, um, that, uh, has uh, been there. Um, y'all provide resources. Um, so let's talk about who's coming to, uh, receive your resources. Like, you know, I know that there's not a one size fits all person, but like maybe, maybe, just kind of frame up for us, if we want to understand who's walking into your doors, what are their needs, right? Uh, Why are they coming to y'all? That sort of thing. So So
1: the majority of of clients that come to us um, are between the ages of 20 and 25, and that's been the case always. Um, And so we do, obviously we see younger, we see older, um, but we we see mainly 20 to 25 year olds. And uh, most of them are single and most of them have either very little knowledge or understanding of uh, the Bible, Christianity, um, or they have kind of a nominal, that that kind of almost an inoculation against it, like, oh, yeah, I went to church. My parents took me to church when I was a kid, and so I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, But the majority of them are, you know, really have no um, indication or desire to have a a relationship with God uh, when they come in. And um, it's been interesting. We've had a lot more uh, people who identify as Wiccan, Mm -hmm. uh, witches. Um, not it's not the majority, but it's definitely something that we have seen an increase of in the last several years. And like you said about getting out there and seeing, in my little Christian bubble that a lot of times I, I stay in, I would not have the opportunity a lot of times to be able to minister and meet with these people and share with them the love of God without judgment. So, um, the the moms a lot of times bring their their boyfriends in, and so we want to be able to help and support them as well because obviously we know that the dad is such a huge part. A huge part of her decision first of all and a huge part of their kids lives Mm -hmm. um so no matter what's going on or what type of um, an issue situation that they're in we want to encourage them as long as he's a safe person for them to be around we want Mm -hmm. to encourage them to to bring the dad in as Mm -hmm. well and so we do have a lot of dads that come in with the moms for those parenting classes that they can take all the way up until the baby is a year
0: yeah okay um and so and and what's driving them you know what's their driving motivation like hey they found out that they're pregnant and then (laughs) is it is it a lack of resources is it a lack of understanding uh, I mean I think the caricature is just like well they just don't want to have you know and 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 that might not be the full caricature so could you uh, kind of give some of that insight too as well
1: it was so humbling to me because a lot of times you know and once again having been raised in a wonderful Christian family um, I could be very much like that Pharisee oh god I thank you that I those Mm. others, you know, Mm -hmm. that think that they might have to choose that they would want to choose that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you talk to these people and you see there's so much brokenness in Mm. their lives, the majority of them have not had safe and um, protective home environments. They've had abuse. They've had neglect. And so when they have not had any kind of parental um, involvement in their lives, that would make them think that they could do this and be a good parent. And so a lot of times they just think, well, it would be better for me to not have this baby than to be a bad parent to this baby. And that's just tragic.
0: Right, it's almost like uh, they're thinking it's better for this child. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And we always think, okay, we'll do the best thing. for this child, And that's mm-hmm. in their thought process. Yes. And haven't you felt that way before about s- certain things? Maybe not this. Maybe you've thought, man, I'm not the person for this this job. You kind of felt like, I can't do that. Maybe I, y'all could imagine, there's probably a lot of things around uh, church and ministry that you've ch- said well, I'm gonna leave that to somebody else. And mm-hmm. so I think we can all identify with that thought process. So thank you. I okay. didn't wanna, yeah, I interrupted, but you keep no, going yeah. if there's other other considerations Well, for a us. lot
1: of it is lack of support, lack of finances. Um, a lot of clients come to us, and since our rebranding and, and working more on our um, our online SEO, search engine optimization, mm-hmm. all that fun ad stuff, <laughs> um, we've gotten a lot more vulnerable clients calling us. and. Um, especially right now the desperation that they feel because of the changing laws and things um, is is making them feel more, um, that it's a a more immediate thing that they need to get taken care of. Um, But a lot of times because of their lack of support, um, and and something that I just just breaks my heart to hear when they say, oh well my boyfriend said, um, I'll support whatever you do. And that sounds like that could be something supportive and I'm sure that guy thought, oh I'm doing, but you know what that is? That's saying, this is on you. I'm not gonna help you with this. That's all on That's you. That's pilot
0: washing his hands. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes.
1: Or parents, and it's not just it's not just um, you know parents that have no uh, no understanding or belief in the Lord. Um, unfortunately, we've had clients come to us that said you know we're a fixture here in Friendswood, and my parents are you know a deacon, dad's a deacon and mom's a Sunday school teacher, and they don't want this to get out that I'm pregnant. So it, it's not just the you know the the stereotypical. Mm-hmm a uh, troubled youth type of a thing, mm-hmm. um, there's just, a, there's a broad spectrum.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it gives you a lot to think about, but you, you mentioned, um, and, and, and I think that's always good, we always have to look past somebody's decision, somebody's action, and go, what's motivating that? Mm-hmm. And not with, and, and if we're gonna ask that question from a place of empathy and compassion, not a place of judgment, not a place of self-righteousness, Right. Uh, That's a good place to start asking people some questions like, why are they in this situation? Well, they're not working hard enough or they're just well, maybe it has nothing to do with that. And and we live in a world, especially in evangelical Christian circles that, man, you said that Pharisee thing. Sometimes doesn't it just seem like we're reading Jesus talking to these people and there's a mirror right there and you're going, oh, that wasn't a Pharisee in, you know, in first century uh, AD. That was, that was me last week. Um, and so, uh, so thank you for that. But you, you brought up something else. You talked about the laws there, right? The laws that have changed. And, and this is one of the big things is, um, you know, that we need to remember as Christians. And it's really hard because we've, we've made such an emphasis about laws and legislation is laws can be on the books but does that change the resources that those people are getting at home? Does it change the support that they have? Um, so those laws can be on the books, and a lot of Christians might think, well, look at us, we did our job, but it's the job done, right? And, and, and so, so what are you finding now that the laws have been changed in and, and ways that we, we need to maybe kind of be mindful of and, uh, and understanding about? Uh, in regard to these unplanned and or unwanted pregnancies
1: you know it's been interesting talking to other pregnancy centers um, in the area just all of us have such similar um, experiences of how everything has just changed Mm -hmm. it's its it's been so different and so much more difficult and desperate these moms feel Um, now we already know that in by 2020 um, over half of all abortions were uh, medical abortions, so that means the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we think of someone going into, uh, but you can you can get those through the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already know that that was half of all abortions, and there's absolutely no way to track who are, who's getting abor- uh, abortion pills mm-hmm. um, mailed to them throughout the state. So uh, there's no way to actually track how many abortions are still happening in Texas mm-hmm. because the majority of them were already... Um, medical abortions Um, but a lot of the moms they they desperately want to get an ultrasound to be able to see how far along they are to see if they can get that abortion pill Mm. and um, so being able to have a um, an ultrasound tag because we have a doctor that volunteers her time to do that but as a doctor and she's still full-time OBGYN and a mother and a grandmother and um, she does not always have the time to come in and volunteer Mm -hmm. for us um, and so we're, we're definitely praying that the Lord will bring us some more sonographers that are trained um, to be able to do those ultrasounds for those moms, because um, a lot of times that's what they're looking for. And if you can't give them that, then they're going to go elsewhere. Yeah. So um, that and just the, like I said, just the desperation, the, mm-hmm. the change in the feeling like they they have such a short time to make a decision. And so they're going to. Um, not take the time to, to think it out and to think of pros and cons, mm-hmm. um, but just try to get get something done as quickly as possible.
0: So an unintended consequence is that they don't have time to think about yes. this. They don't have mm-hmm. the, the bond. It becomes a thought mm-hmm. instead of a life. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting unintended consequence of that. Oh, um, uh, I know you've, I think we've talked about this before, but uh, another important thing about the uh, about being able to have an ultrasound uh, is that that often connects them, right? And so could you talk about that a little bit? Maybe share some stories about like, you know, somebody came in and they were like I'm full on, not gonna do it, and then they saw like, hey, there's the heartbeat, there's all this, and then that transforms their, helps be a motivating factor, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have several stories, but one of my favorites was actually um, an ultrasound that was not done at our pregnancy center, but was done at an abortion clinic mm-hmm. after, years ago um, when there had been a, a law change that said that you had to have an, an ultrasound. And um, this client came to us after having been in the abortion clinic um, on the table, had the ultrasound first and then was going to go have the abortion, um, but it was twins. And so they did tell her that it was twins and she started crying and she, there's something special about twins, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and her mom who was the one that had, had brought her and was pressuring her um, t- for the abortion, I um, finally said, stop, you know, do you want, really want, and she said, no, I don't want to do this. I thought you wanted me to do mm. this. Um, and, but because of that ultrasound that was done even at that abortion mm. clinic, um, she left that abortion clinic, Googled, found us, mm-hmm. was able to come, and I believe that those twins are about eight years, eight or nine years old now, yeah. little boy and little girl. Um, but another wonderful time was when a client came in and she called us specifically to say, I want an ultrasound because I want to see if it's a real baby before I make this decision. And, um, and talk about judging. She came with her boyfriend. I was talking to them. I talked to her first, and she was telling me, I don't know, like, I'm going to do this because he wants me to, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to stay with him after this because I feel like I would resent him coercing me, basically pressuring me into doing this. Mm. Um, but then I came, brought him back, and obviously I wasn't going to tell him what she said, but I was trying to ask questions to get her to say it mm-hmm. in front of him, but she didn't. Um, so I asked him, you know, what is the main thing that is – um causing you to feel like this is not a good time for her to have a, a, a baby. And and he was kind of slouched down there in the in the couch, sitting across from me next to her. And he said, Well if she has this baby, I'm gonna have to get a job. <laughs> and I was like, Mmm <laughs> poker face, dear Lord, give me the grace right now. And um and he he had a job but he like he knew it was like a fast food, so he yeah. knew that he was gonna have to get like a legit job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, oh, all the judging going on in my heart, all the judging. Um, she had her ultrasound. She left. We didn't know. We're like, well, she didn't specifically say, oh, wow, this is amazing. Everything is changing. Um, but then she called back and made an appointment for a parenting class. Mm-hmm. And they came in, watched their parenting video, talked about it. We went through all of that, and they left, and we still didn't ask them. They're <laughs> like, well, but they did come, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Finally, after two or three parenting classes, we said, so what? What, or did y'all make a decision? Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to continue the pregnancy and parent our child together. And you know what the most amazing thing is, is just how God um, shows me that my judgments aren't always correct because that dad that was slouched down there saying he was going to have to get a job was the most active, involved dad that I have ever seen. Hmm. He would read, but we had a fatherhood book. He would read the book and give us an entire handwritten report on every chapter. Wow. He he got his job. He mm. They're actually working together now, mm. um, and they're they're still together. And they just had their third little little baby not wow. that long ago. Yeah. And uh, what's neat and what I love about the pregnancy center is we're not just there for those people that say I'm going to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, after she had that that unplanned pregnancy, um, she came back to us for the next two pregnancies yeah. because she felt the love and the support. Mm. And so we love being able to be there for for them because it's it's difficult and diapers cost a lot, whether you're uh, having yeah. an unintended pregnancy or an intended pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. And so to be able to support them through that and have that ability to um, to continue sharing Christ in their life because um, this is a family that's not a believer. And so being able to have that, and it all started from her calling in and saying, I need an ultrasound to yeah. see if this is a real baby. Yeah. So.
0: That's awesome, that's a great story. And it reminds us too, you know, I just said a few minutes ago, like you know, sometimes we have to get back to the empathy and compassion. And I'm just going to tell you, some people don't give you a whole lot to be empathetic about or compassionate about, you know, but that doesn't change what we're called to do, does it? I mean, that's what's really hard. It's like, there's one thing if you can, your heart can break for somebody, but what if your heart can't break for somebody? I always think about that, the rich young ruler in his smug little attitude coming up to Jesus and him going, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know the law, and he's like, "Yeah, I know the law. I've done it all." You know, and Jesus looks at him, and it's Jesus in His initiative to love him despite his arrogance. You know, uh, despite the, all of his wealth and privilege, and despite his entitlement and all of that, Jesus looks at him and He loves him, and He says, "Okay, let's continue this conversation." And it's not because of Jesus's lack of love that the young man went away very sad but how many times might it be said of us that well i was patient and compassionate until i was not patient and compassionate anymore uh you know i would tell uh, britney i'm like really patient until i'm not and then it's just like the wheels have fallen off and and in that moment you could imagine jesus we always talk about these you know jesus he would not even flipped the tables and thinking that that's rage or anger which is kind of crazy um whenever it's a an image really but um but because uh, everybody wants to justify being angry in uh, <clears throat> in a moment where he should have been where he could have just been like all right i'm done with you you came and you acted like you were going to ask me a real question and you and you can't accept my answer you know like that could have been a moment where jesus was patient until he lost it because of this smug arrogant punk like the kid who i don't want to have to get a job you know like that would make me go like oh and so i think it, that's a really good lesson for you to share with us and also uh, for us to remember, it's not just the people that you can have a broken heart for. And in fact, if you don't have a broken heart for them and you're still loving, kind, generous, patient, uh, self-controlling around them, that is actually when the fruit of the spirit is revealed in your life the most, right? That's when that fruit shines really brightly so your fruit must have shone very brightly that day uh and uh, the lord used it um all right so um i one thing that you brought up too and i want to h- highlight this is is again law you know, people especially in the evangelical christian circles they always think you know people just need help who want to get abortion they need to have another option but we're really we're saying hey people who are pregnant need support and I, and I want to think about y'all. Like, I tell people, uh, my, 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 my parents' generation, and, um, and all the people that I see, y'all support in Friendswood. I see your generation supporting us as parents a hundred times more than you receive support from your parents. <laughs> and so, hey, I celebrate you, but I also want to highlight like we can't do this. It takes a village to raise a child. That's not just like, that's, that's true, that's a reality. And so, um, and so think about this, what if it's just somebody who's like, I wanna have a baby, I'm desiring to have a baby, but I don't have a mom and dad, and I don't have aunt and uncle, and I don't have grandma and grandpa, I don't have the village to, in which I can raise this child. And so that's a really important aspect of why Inspira is there is to come alongside people and give them the village, the community, the support. Um, so awesome. So thank you. Um, now how you, you said, Hey, anybody in x-ray tech, you want to become an x-ray tech <laughs> or, or, or no, no, Yeah. Not an x-ray tech, uh, ultrasound technician. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Go do that. You can do that training. You can do it. Um, but, um, but if it's not that right, what are other ways that people in our church can partner with Inspira and come alongside and, uh, support y'all support these, these, uh, clients that you have?
1: so obviously the first way is prayer we we just need your prayer so much um, we've been wanting to try to have a, kind of a prayer group that comes in just once a month or so just an informal not a big thing just come in and pray um, because it really is it's the front lines it really is and there's a lot of spiritual warfare that goes on um, and we can even just see it in the lives of our staff and our volunteers um, so prayer is the first thing um, and also volunteer like you don't have to be an ultrasound tech to be able to come and volunteer um, if you can change the air filter we have a place for you because we never remember to do that. So we <laughs> <laughs> need to have someone come and help us remember to, or put, you know, W40 on a squeaky door, um, or be able to come and organize. If any of y'all have great organizational skills or cabinet building skills to say, hey, we can build this great cabinet to, to house the, the things that we're gonna be giving to the moms um, as we as we get them donated. So there's just almost any way that you can think of to be able to come and volunteer, there's, there's a place for you. Um, we are definitely looking for and praying for uh, client advocates so those would be people who, um, who feel called and um, to be able to come and work with these clients. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you might feel gifted. But if you're, if God is tugging at your heart and you say, I, I believe that I, I, uh, I have this calling that He is asking me to do. I would love to talk with y'all more about that because um, we need men and women to be able to work with um, the clients that come in, the moms and the dads. Um, we currently don't have any um, dad I feel like I went straight into like dad joke territory with that. <laughs> uh, but we don't have any dad right now. Um, and we have uh, guys that are coming we have a whole curriculum for them. Uh, but it's one thing for them to watch a video with the mom. It's one thing for, for me to tell them something about fatherhood. But um, a lot of them don't have positive male role models. And so being able to have that man come in there and, um, and just talk to them and, and be with them and. and uh, be that good example and role model is so huge. So um, there's just so many different ways. We're also, uh, we don't have, I'm very passionate about the fact that this is a ministry of the local churches. We're not getting government funds for this. So we do have things like a, um, a fundraiser coming up in the in the fall and we need uh, committee members for that. So if people are great at organizing events or things like that, um, there's just so many different ways that, that people can plug in and, and be able to serve.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so, uh, so very practical things. Um, Talk about organization skills, and and I want to kind of unpack this a little bit just to kind of give people some juice to flow here. So, uh, what would they be organizing if you're talking about like, hey, I need somebody with organization skills to help? Um, Would that with your donated products? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, mainly the. Donations that we get in on a regular basis um, because everything that we give to the clients is donated to us And we want to make sure that we're giving them good things that we would want to put on our kids um, Not some pilly thing that was from 1985. So um, we want to make sure that we organize go through all of that but then also organize it in the um, in the little boutique that we have Um, as well as just our office supplies and things. So there's several different organizational things that are needed, Mm -hmm. um, just ways that we can better utilize the space that God has given us.
0: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, and and anybody who's, you know, gotten a a bag of donated clothes, you know that they don't come folded, and uh, they don't come, like, all stacked up. Usually it's just kind of taken out and thrown in there. And so that's good to know. Um, you said you need somebody, you know, somebody who could put a maintenance, like just routine maintenance schedule together, help y'all check out the building. What's involved a little bit more, let's dig into this a little bit more. Um, what's involved with being an advocate, uh, you know, client advocate or an advocate? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, so that is, it's gonna be either a four hour a week um, volunteer position or two hour a week. So. Um, if you have time during the day, we have a morning um, shift from 9 to 1 or afternoon shift from 1 to 5, um, or obviously if a lot of y'all have jobs during the day, um, we have Tuesday and Thursday evenings, so that would be from about 6 to 8. Um, so there is on-the-job on the training. We have a whole curriculum that we train our uh, client advocates, as well as continuing education every year to make sure that we are um, on top of our game and make sure that we are having the best practices as we speak to these clients in very very vulnerable situations. So um, it can be very daunting sometimes. You know, we have a lot of people that said, "Well, I, I'm really interested, but I don't know if I could sit down and talk to a mom or a dad that's that's considering this or is in, from a very different background." Um, but obviously we're not gonna just throw people in <laughs> into the lion's den. Um, there's a whole training process where you do the training videos and then you um, sit in with a trained client advocate and then after a certain amount of time has passed with you sitting in, then they're gonna sit in with you. So it's a whole process of training um, before a client advocate is ever ready to answer phones by themselves or go in with the client by themselves.
0: Okay, awesome. Thank you for that uh, good information and also to let people know, hey, this is is something that you're going to equip them I mean, you said a little bit ago you know hey maybe i don't feel ne- necessarily equipped but i do feel kind of a tug it's like well don't worry about that just follow that tug because the old adage is god equips the called; he doesn't call the equipped and so um and so that's good that y'all are uh helping everybody uh in that way um yeah <clears throat> uh you know i'm just i'm thankful for the work that y'all are doing um, I uh, I can see opportunity, and pastorally, what we want to do is we always want to bring these opportunities uh, in front of us because we want to give you an opportunity. Um, it might not be something that everybody in our church does. Maybe you, maybe one person just goes, you know what, I want to do this. Maybe a couple says, you know what, we're we're retired or we're semi-retired now, and we would love to walk with somebody in this. Maybe um, you know uh, you become like surrogate grandparents to uh, to. Uh, to some some baby that might not be here otherwise. Um, we want y'all to receive this information and to consider ways that you might be able to to serve. And this is just what we want to do, uh, and what my heart is pastorally, is on Mother's Day, not just go, hey, we celebrate moms, but as people who go, hey, we want to be advocates for people of you know all types of issues that life might be throwing at them. This is another way that we can come and we can advocate for people. This is another way that we can we can connect and we can actually be the church, not just go to church or just hang out on Sundays together, but actually go and work. And I I, I just hope and pray we're going to pray like if you're it's like the Holy Spirit's moving like. You might have a little bit of resistance, you might have to be kicked through the door, let the spirit lead you, right? Just follow those steps um, and just take it one step at a time. Um, Janelle. I want to thank you for being with us uh i think uh, y'all are doing awesome excellent work and um and you've been doing it for a long time and uh and uh, i'm just uh i'm looking forward to the ways that we can partner with y'all in the future um and so um keep up the good work and may god bless y'all thank you
1: uh, so much and i just wanted to say really quickly um one of the things that i'm so passionate about and why we will try to reach out to local mm-hmm. churches is because we're not here for them for the rest of their lives mm. we're here for them for that You know, year, nine months, and sometimes, yes, with subsequent pregnancies. But our desire is to share Christ with them, do life with them, and get them plugged into y'all's churches. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about connecting so that we have. The, the reach in the local churches to be able to say hey we have this mom what kind of mom's events are you having mm-hmm. right now we have this dad where where can we plug him in so yes. i just thank you so much for the opportunity to come Your and time. looking forward to hopefully getting our clients plugged in as well
0: yeah awesome thank you so much and um and yeah we want to partner with y'all for sure and uh do what we can uh, to to help not just the short-term journey but the long time long-term journey so mm-hmm. all right everybody will y'all say thank you to miss janelle these conversations get my mind and my heart racing in so many different directions. Um, And primarily, one of the things that we talked about was, uh, and she talked about the Christian bubble a little bit, but we talked about this the other day is, you know, we are always talking about, us loving each other and that not just being us loving each other really well, but us going outside of these walls, loving this world really well, that that's where our faith is actually in action, that's where the fruit of the Spirit really comes into play, and and, and just want to encourage y'all as we, as we think about this, this is a ministry that can connect you with somebody who is diametrically opposed to you on so many levels. Alright, faith, values, uh, Age twenty to twenty-five years old, Gen Z. Very, very different way of thinking and mentality than you. And so, as as, as we think about this and we pray about this, a lot of times I know it's like, where are we going to go? I mean, everybody that I that I know in Friendswood, they're you know they're uh, you know middle class, upper middle class. All my friends. Everybody goes to church. Everybody values the same things primarily. We are all on the same road. And I'm like, sometimes it's like, how am I actually going to go interact and encounter somebody that is other than me? And I think this actually right here in Friendswood, we have a ministry, uh, a valuable ministry, a valuable resource uh, that we could partner with. To say, hey, this is going to connect me with somebody who is way other than me. And it's really going to allow me to share with them that even though they're way other than me. Because God loves me and I'm way other than him. (laughs) I love them. Period. Full stop. I'm going to walk with them. And we can live the gospel that way. And so that's a challenge for uh, you all. And Um, we're, we're going to pray over this all in a minute, but, but before we go today, one of the things that I did want to jump back to just, especially for our women and our moms is, as we go, just miss faith, uh, read the scripture. We all read it together, uh, in Isaiah 66. And, 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 and I just kind of wanted to frame up a little bit of context for this before we go. The context of Isaiah 66 is a, it's the last chapter of Isaiah. The context of Isaiah 66, it's the last chapter of the second book of Isaiah is what they call it. From chapter 40 on, you get second Isaiah is a lot of times the way that scholars will talk about it. And second Isaiah is all about the hope that Israel has. And what we find out in Jesus is that hope for Israel is not just Israel's hope alone. It's actually the hope for the whole world. It, that new Jerusalem that he promises in Isaiah 66 is is not just, just a restored Israel. It's a restored creation. All of creation will be restored. In Revelation, we can connect this because it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth and the holy city Jerusalem coming down as a bride adorned for her husband. And so moms, women, I want you all to think about this as you go. Uh... It gets hard to be a mom. Uh, it gets hard with the griefs, with the pain, with the the struggles. Um, it's not always you wake up and you go, man, I can't wait for my kids to jump in bed. A lot of times, it's my kids better not see me until I've had three cups of coffee, and even then, I'm not sure. Right? It's not always. It's not always rewarding to be a mom. Your patience falls on deaf ears, and it gets challenged, and it gets pushed, and it gets prodded. Uh, you don't always see the benefits of your love. It's not always received well. And I, I'm just kind of stacking these things up because, because I know that we all need some encouragement as we continue to walk. in whatever paths the Lord has called us to walk. And whenever I think about this, Isaiah sixty six, and then also in Revelation, when we talk about the, the bride, God, whenever He was thinking about, hey, how can I put an image before my people that will represent my 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 the assurance of my promises? What image can I use to assure them of my promises? Oh, I know. I know what image I could use. I could use a nursing mother. What image could I use to to, uh, not only assure them of my promise, but to let them know, like, hey, I really do love you. And I really, really, really am going to care for you. Oh, I know it's a nursing mother. It's a woman. This image... Uh, comes and what image can I just just let my, my my people know that I delight in them I love how he says uh in, in in verse number 13 uh you know he says as a mother uh comforts her children there's another passage uh and uh, and it talks about how he, he bouncing a child on his knees as it were on his lap what image can I use and and he uses you as an image and so here's why I want you all to hold on to this. He, he could have used other images. In Scripture, we have other images at play, but God, in his wisdom, he said, this is the image that I want to use. You're the image that he wanted to use. And so whenever it's hard and it's not rewarding, and it's not fulfilling, or maybe motherhood isn't even a reality for you, when it's grievous. I want you to know this, God wants to encourage you through this word today, and going, hey, you're the image. Keep strong, and here's what I would say, it also puts a burden on your image, right? If I'm going to use you as an image, then make good on that image. You are the the image that I want people to know that my promises are sure and that they will be satisfactory. That my love and my delight in my creation, period, is true. Because moms love and delight in their children, period. Period. And so, as your pastor and as your friend and as a son and as a man submit this to you that you take this and you be encouraged today women of our church and I encourage you not only that you would uh, I I, I not only offer it to you as encouragement but also I, I, I just want you to know we're looking to you we're looking to you and we have you in mind when we're hoping in God and so carry on Do the hard work. There is reward with it. And one of the great rewards is the honor that God gives to you all in this passage alone and elsewhere. And with that, I say, amen. Amen. Will you stand with me? And let's. uh, Well, before we're dismissed in a word of prayer. Ladies. we we went, we spared no expense this year um we got you also um um as a gift just a token of our love for you uh we got you these cool really cool um uh, key L- look what you could do you could put it around your wrist and you could hold your keys like this right um whenever you are bored possibly you could spin it on your finger right um and, uh, and 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 maybe there's multiple keys that you have to keep together. It clips and unclips. You don't have to use, break a fingernail trying to get uh, a key ring on there. So uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm pretty proud that uh, we we went through so much thought process to give you this. No, but these uh, these keychains just have a scripture passage on them. And like I said, they are just a token, but they are a gift for every woman in our church, no matter what your age. And you, uh, if you have moms uh, and you want to take some. Uh, To other moms or to your daughters, you can do that as well, Um, but uh, these are to you uh, from Friends of the Baptist Church. Will you all join me?